Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today we will be talking about werewolves versus vampires. Shall we jump right into it? <laughs> What's a spooky word for jump? Shall we spook right into it? <laughs> I was going to say moonwalk or monster mash or, or just jump jump works too we can jump or we can we can monster mash into it (laughs) cheers we are in a different location dear listeners so tonight it might be a little more echoey and we hope that's a little bit more spooky for you in this spooky season would you like to tell the listeners what we are drinking here tonight mia of course so tonight we have decided to try something called vampire's blood it is um very strong just like the vampire as you will soon find out in this <laughs> podcast episode <laughs> i think they're strong that was I didn't a really good them. segue thank you okay it's supposed to be equal parts vodka and champagne oh my god are it's they supposed to, to be us? you should drink them slowly oh i already checked it i know <laughs> because it's supposed to give you the same effect as like having like a shot and a half, having like <laughs> a drink. <laughs> oh no! I don't know how the how it's different between having like sourpuss in there versus like a raspberry liqueur, but um, it's supposed to be very strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I could have told you that beforehand, but I wanted to remember this moment forever. <laughs> it's vampire's blood. It's toxic. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our very first ever monster mashup. This is a new series where we pick two similar mythological monsters or creepy cryptids and debate which one is cooler. Tonight is also an extra special spooky episode, so we chose two of the most terrifying creatures to ever exist. Or not exist, who knows. Vampires and werewolves have been pitted against each other as natural enemies since forever, and it's easy to see why. Both are undeniably cool. But which one is cooler? Let's talk about it. Oh my goodness. Are you ready for this? That was a lot. I need a drink. Oh my god. Mia, if you could be any mythological creature besides a werewolf or a vampire, which would you be? A Sasquatch. (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs) Were you expecting me to say a mermaid? Yeah. Sasquatch or a mermaid? The fact that you said that so quickly you were ready with that answer sasquatch i love them so much i had an obsession as a child it went from mermaids to pele which is the hawaiian goddess of lava and fire and death (laughs) (laughs) moving right along (laughs) then it went to um sasquatches i don't know if the sasquatch really fits into that category because they're not really a monster if the, it could work. If the actual description is like a monster, like a cryptid, probably a mermaid. Okay. What about you? A fairy. I love that. F A I R Y S or F A E R I E S? That one. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to be Tinkerbell. I want to be feared. <laughs> Versions of vampires have existed in most cultures for thousands of years, and they still continue to be a popular part of culture today. We are fascinated with tales of these unearthly beautiful monsters capable of hiding in plain sight. After all, 
Nothing beats a vampire for uncannily creepy villain or mysterious brooding anti-hero. Join me with this picture. It's a beautiful, crisp night. The moon is full and bright in the sky. The sounds of wolves howling in the distance. But is it just wolves? Werewolves have been known to frequent the nightly howl so often heard in the distance. Part human and part wolf, though not entirely at the same time, these living creatures have been known to exclusively hunt other humans. Scared yet? Well, you shouldn't be. While in human form, these creatures are as normal as the rest of us. Some being kind, smart, teachers, plumbers, pilots, <laughs> serial killers. Um, okay, on a happier note, <laughs> on a happier note, they tend to stay away from harming other animals while in human or wolf form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh my god. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so like I said, tales of vampires have existed almost as long as we've been telling each other stories. Because so, like in pretty much every culture in the world, there's some sort of blood-sucking monster-like creature. Generally, they're described as like bloated and grotesque looking. They're not like today's version of the beautiful sort of vampire that we have today. Like, the <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> yeah. And then like like true blood and like vampire academy all these different stories that have just like basically made vampires sexy that's not how it used to be <laughs> they used to be really gross and scary because obviously they drink blood that's gross i can't even like see blood i cut my finger the other day it was a little bit and i had to phone my mom because i was freaked out that i was gonna pass out alone on my bathroom floor no. <laughs> like i can't handle blood because blood is gross and creatures who drink blood are gross but somehow we have made vampires like so romanticized but it was really interesting to like learn a bit more because there are so many stories about vampires like so many which i will get into because there are a few that i love and i really enjoyed actually researching and getting to know more about how they like came into creation so the earliest mention of the modern day type of vampire the kind that kind of blends in with humans and just looks like a person unless they're like attacking you um <laughs> That came into fruition in the early 1700s with news reports of locals in different areas of Europe digging up graves and killing vampires. They would like stake them or they would shove bricks into their mouth and do stuff like that because they were worried that these people, just normal people, were coming back to life and attacking other people. I think we learned about this in history class. I also watched a very spooky documentary on this a very long time ago when I was much too young. And um one of the reasons why they thought that i believe is because certain people appear to in the grave have their fingernails growing and their hair growing and some people even said that it looked like their heart was still beating they still looked very young and um fresh so yeah. that's um yeah gross also why would you reopen a grave yeah what's don't the do point that. don't do that part of the reason that the hair and the fingernails would grow or seem to grow after death is because your body kind of dehydrates and shrinks yeah so the skin kind of pulls back from the follicles of your hair and your nails also if they would stake a vampire sometimes so-called fresh blood would come out or there's blood coming out of the nose and then and looking like it's around the mouth like they had just bitten someone <gasps> oh oh yeah. that's interesting so if you dig up somebody who has recently died they might look a little bit spooky like a vampire would 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. So in modern day literature, because that's a huge part of this is how romanticized and how much we care about vampires as people. That's what makes them so cool is that we just, <laughs> let me already start with this argument. <laughs> we kind of latch onto them for some reason. We really like hearing stories about these creatures. For some reason, they're just fascinating to us. So the first known book that was written about the modern day vampire was in 1819 and it was written by John Polidori. It was called The Vampire, but spelled with a Y. Oh! Spooky. (laughs) This is something that I found really cool. This was followed by Carmilla, which was an 1871 book written by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu. That is a name. Yeah. So Carmilla, this was kind of like the book that humanized vampires in a way. She was like, you're not going to be able to top this. I'm sorry in advance. Oh, no. (laughs) She was like a lesbian vampire. Dang. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to top that. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Um, And then shortly after, the most popular book written about vampires, Dracula, Hmm. was written in 1897 by Bram Stoker. And I did try to read this book. I have it on my bookshelf because I like to collect classic books. And I got like two pages into it and I was like, I'm not going to make it through this. It's written in that old-timey way where they can't get to the point. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, they just circle around the point until you eventually get it by reading it, like, a dozen times. So, sorry. I couldn't make it through. Um, Bram Stoker, I'm sure your book was great. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to you, sir. (laughs) Um, So, it's because of this book, Dracula, that vampires are linked to Transylvania. Um, I think it's also the book that started the trope of vampires can turn into vampire bats. Mm Mmm. interesting okay vampires are still like a super popular trope today although many creators pick and choose which versions of the vampire (laughs) to have in their stories like in twilight they sparkle various vampires are repelled by crosses but edward doesn't seem to have a problem with that no no (laughs) i need to talk about my favorites okay i narrowed it down to three Okay. In order of importance. Of course. We got, obviously, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It had to be. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite movie, my TV series ever, I haven't watched the movie, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Beautiful. In every single way. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, the first season was iconic and wonderful, and I can't <laughs> wait to rewatch it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> So this, this series kind of played on the idea that vampires didn't have souls, but some of them could be bestowed with a soul, like Angel and eventually Spike. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Spike ever had a soul. I think he had one to begin with. You can't see oh, him with Spike. Drusilla and say that he doesn't have a soul. I'm sorry. The next runner-up is Carry On, which Carry on. may not be a familiar title to many of you listeners out there but it's by rainbow rowell i don't know if i said her name right (laughs) but it's about these it's basically like a parody of or like a almost like a fan fiction of harry potter except the villain also the love interest would be the vampire oh my goodness yeah so basically imagine harry potter but like if harry and draco got together but draco was a vampire Dang, that is intense. Okay. So good. <laughs> I can't. I love it. I'm gonna like I need to loan it to you so you can read it. I guess I have to now. <laughs> There's three books in the series. Oh my goodness. It's so good. 
Beautiful. Okay. 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 Okay, it's going to happen then. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then third, of course, I had to include it. We have Twilight. I was wondering if that was going to be in there. It can't not. It was such like a formative moment for me reading the series. <laughs> like Edward was the original heartthrob. I'm sorry, Jacob. You were great in New Moon. You sucked in Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. <laughs> you were just the worst. But the vampires did not disappoint, especially Carlisle. You were into Carlisle? Movie Carlisle, yes, but only in the first like movie. One movie. In Twilight, And then in the book versions, I had a thing for Alice. So it was really never Edward for me, but like, you know. Hot take on this one. Can I interrupt with hot take? Oh, yeah, yes. Okay, so I am more of a Jacob girl. I'll give you Jacob in New Moon. He was really, really a great character in New Moon. (laughs) And then like they made him like the romantic rival in the rest of it. And I just wasn't into it. Yeah. I did have a thing for Jacob, though. At one point. At one point. I can't deny it. I won't deny it. Thank you. Alrighty. So, as per my usual style, I would like to start this off with Webster's Dictionary. Of course. Obviously. I have to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Webster's Dictionary describes a werewolf as a person transformed into a wolf or capable of assuming a wolf's form. So, origins. (laughs) Um, the very first writings of werewolves officially originated around 2100 BC. And around this time, they mostly appeared in ancient Greece and Rome. There's quite a few different origins for this, uh, this specific creature here. So there's one explanation of werewolves that describes them as coming from the Nuri, um, which was a nomadic tribe of magic men who were able to change into wolves or transform into wolves for several days of the year. Um, So these people actually came from a land that is now part of Russia. Um, And it was said that they also, in their human form, used a lot of wolf skins, um, wolf pelts and wolf skins and wolf stuff in their everyday lives. So that's one explanation of where they came from. Another explanation of where werewolves came from Um, stem from Arcadia, um, which is in Greece. So this ties into Zeus and Apollo and that history. There's a story that there was a a protector who ended up turning into a tyrant at the shrine of Lycian Zeus. So essentially what happened is this person somehow got a taste of some humans and decided that they needed to trick Zeus into eating a bit of this human being as well and due to the intense negativity surrounding this this person ended up being stricken as a werewolf for the rest of their lives and all of their offspring just introduced the entire werewolf race that's so interesting I've never heard that version before me neither It was very difficult to follow. (laughs) (laughs) There is one other sort of alternative of that, what we just talked about, including Zeus. Um, So there's another explanation of that in which there was a person named Demarcus, Demarcus, who ended up sacrificing an adolescent boy. Um, And for whatever reason, he decided that he needed to taste this boy. Um, (coughs) 
What? Yes. <laughs> sorry, was that too graphic? That was a little gross. Okay, let me try that again. I don't know. I'm sorry. From the sounds of it, he didn't really eat this person. He just sort of took one little nibble. Um, and that and alone was enough to curse him into being a wolf because he was supposed to be a protector and not a murderer and cannibal. I'm actually going to confuse you even more now. You okay. thought there was just two versions. <laughs> There's a third. <laughs> so this version more closely follows the um, first version. Um, this is considered the legend of Lycion. Lycion? I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce this. Google doesn't help me. I'm sorry. L-Y-C-A-O-N. If we're following the legend, Lycian is the son of Peliscus. Okay. And he angered Zeus because he, again, sacrificed a boy and tried to serve him a meal from it. So as punishment for this, Zeus decided to turn Lycian and all of his relatives into wolves. Zeus was a little bit hardcore. This, yeah. Every, it seems like every sort of region has their own explanation of how their version of werewolves comes into play. And um, it seems like most regions have slightly different appearances. Just ever so slightly, being it darker fur, lighter fur, larger width. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk, we talked a lot about Greek. <laughs> Greece, um, Greece mythology and um, the area of Greece. So travel with me now into some Nordic folklore. That was a beautiful segue. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really trying. So the saga of the Volsungs is a story about how a father and a son discovered some wolf pelts. Um, wolf pelt is pretty much like a belt. A belt of wolf. <laughs> like their fur? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you skin a wolf, you get a pelt. I'm sorry. I was trying to explain it without saying that, but yes, it's wolf <laughs> skin. Yeah. <laughs> so this pelt, for some reason, they were compelled to just put it on. And they realized that it had the power to transform people into wolves for 10 days. But that's 10 it. 10 days. Okay. 10 days at a time. Not only did it just transform the look of people into wolves, but... It also transformed the entire emotional, mental mindset of a human being to be a uh, killing machine. This father and son, once they put the pelts on, they ended up going on um, a bit of a murderous rampage. Oh, let me try that again. I don't like rampage. They went on a little <laughs> bit. Freeze it better. I don't know. They went on a little bit of a murderous journey into the forest. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, unfortunately though, this ends when the father was so taken over by his emotions that he attacked and murdered his son. The surprise actually is that his son ended up surviving because a very kind raven gave the father a leaf that was able to heal his son once they had, once he had the father recovered from his pelt experience. Right. Mm -hmm. That is a crazy story. <laughs> Okay, so now they've gotten into some of the origins. Mostly they appeared in Europe, all over Eastern Europe, Northern Europe. I don't know much about Europe. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I can't I can't pretend like I know. I don't know. <laughs> so let's talk about today's werewolves. So today, werewolves are mostly known as shapeshifters. 
It's most commonly believed that a werewolf is not both a werewolf and a human being at the exact same time. So while they still have both the remnants of the other um, creature within them at all times, they're never fully human and werewolf. They're either fully human or fully werewolf. Excuse me, fully wolf. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's no like werewolf, there's just human or wolf? Yes. Okay. Yes, because the understanding is when they're a human, they are actually human. They are aware that they are a werewolf, but those feelings of wolf and wolf, um, <laughs> what is the word I'm looking for? Instincts? Yes, thank you. Okay. And the wolf instincts, those aren't apparent when they're a human. The same way as when they're, when they're a wolf, um, in their wolf form, human instincts such as empathy or understanding, <laughs> those don't exist. Right. Um, and it's also widely believed that they are just really against human beings for whatever reason. And they, like I said in my intro, they go after humans. So if you see a werewolf, um, don't engage. <laughs> Yeah, it won't end well for you. <laughs> They're not as fuzzy as they look. No. <laughs> <laughs> to become a werewolf, you either have to be born a werewolf, meaning you are either just chosen right. and picked from being a human being baby to just being a werewolf baby. I don't know why. There isn't really any explanation for that. It's just kind of a... You right. are a werewolf now. Okay. You're welcome. Wonderful. Yes. Or it's a... Well, you got into a fight with a werewolf, and now you are one. Or it's a, you were almost killed by one, so now you are one. Or it's a, you found this really sketchy person out in the forest, and they gave you something really sketchy, like a potion or a pelt, um, and now you're a werewolf. <laughs> Don't take things from strangers, kids. Please, especially not in the forest. The forest is a no. very dangerous place. I'm going to go back to talking about Europe okay. very briefly. So... I want to talk about three specific things now. So I want to talk about Latvia and Lithuania, more so of Eastern Europe, and then more so of Western Europe. This is going to be pretty brief, just important points that I want to make sure that everyone is aware of. So in Latvia and Lithuania, werewolves are have never been scary. They've always been more of a treasure, like a, a sign of good luck or goodwill or... Um, good fortune, meaning you want to see them. In Eastern Europe, in Central and Eastern Europe, I guess I should say, they are more werewolf vampires. Ooh. And I couldn't find as much information on this as I wanted to, but essentially this kind of comes from, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, not a lot, it kind of comes from there being some intertwinements between certain books on vampires mentioning werewolves. So um, there was a book around the time Dracula was written that talked about Count Dracula and a werewolf and sort of made it sound like they were one and the same. Like a crossover. Mm-hmm. Like a hybrid. Like a, like a baby. monster mashup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then in Western Europe, so this is more France- uh, excuse me, France and German-speaking Europe. This werewolf is more considered to be a werewolf sorcerer. So, um, essentially a crazy medicine man who just took the wrong concoction of herbs or made that wrong wolf pelt and did this to themselves. Well, we've all been there. We have been there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
I wanted to just say one more thing that was absolutely insane to me when I read this. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so I don't know how to pronounce this, and I'm sorry. Again, Google does not help you for certain words. <laughs> so this word, um, the Slavic word, which is, I think, Volkodlak. Volkodlak. This word means werewolf in Slavic. However... If you were to translate this word into Serbian, it means vampire. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, this is why they're so similar. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That's so weird. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about the so-called relations that vampires have. Okay, so I have a, a few creatures slash cryptids <laughs> about, that are related to vampires. Um, so I got the chupacabra, which mm. many of you may recognize. <laughs> so this is a cryptid that's based in the U.S. and Mexico, and sightings have occurred since the 1970s, which is about 50 years now, and it's been described as either being dog-like or reptilian. So, dog-like. Yeah. Oh. Some people might. Some people think that it could just be like a dog with mange that people are mm. mistaken as the chupacabra. Others describe it as almost alien-like. So its name literally means goat sucker. Because it's known oh. for drinking the blood of goats. Oh. So that's why it's similar. It drinks blood. So it's kind of like the vegan vampire. Yeah. Like the vegetarian vampires that yeah. only eat animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Funny. Funny Stephanie Meyer. So funny. <laughs> that's all I have on Chupacabra. Then I'll interrupt at my point. Alrighty. So the first creature that I have are wolves. Duh. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned so much about them. They are pretty complex, they're highly intelligent, and in their natural form, they are able to care for their young, be playful, and all above all else, they are very tribe-oriented, herd-oriented, like pack. Pack-oriented. Yes, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so, this is a little fun fact about wolves. I found out that France has a terrible history with wolves. Really? Really awful. Because, okay. So, <clears throat> between the years of um, 1200 to 1920, there was a record 7,600 fatal attacks done by wolves. Okay. Not surprisingly... I mean, as I mentioned before, wolves are very smart, so they know how to predatorily hunt, meaning they're going to go after the ones that are weak and more vulnerable. So it was relatively rare excuse me, that adults were killed, and even more rare that adult males were killed. Right. So just to show you how darn smart they are. And I just, I wanted to also add a, um, a joke. Oh, what a great <laughs> time for a joke. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> this is a werewolf joke. Okay. I did not create this myself. Okay. Okay, so what is the distant cousin of the werewolf? I don't know. The way over there wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting it, so it made me laugh when I read it. It was kind of like a chuckle, and then I was like, why did I laugh? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I love that. Okay, so my other one that I have that's like an actual cryptid. Succubi slash incubi are close to what vampires are. I have not heard of those. No? No. Okay. I feel dumb. So basically a succubus slash incubus, that's like the 
singular version of it. They're like sex vampires. <laughs> the sex vampires? Oh, do they like take your like energy, like your sexual energy? Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Um, so basically, a succubus or an incubus, basically the succubus is like the female version and an incubus is like the male version. Oh. And um, they will seduce a person and then steal basically their energy. Energy and life force. Yeah, their energy and their life force by seducing them. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, <laughs> I was literally going to say dot, dot, dot. What the heck? <laughs> and that's all I have for that. So, <clears throat> my next one is the Native American legend of the skinwalker. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> it's funny because in all of my research, no one else, I couldn't find any other website or video that compared these two. I don't know why. Um, specifically, this comes from the Navajo culture. This is more so a human being. Um, maybe not a human being, more so a human-like sorcerer who can transform into any animal that they want. So in a lot of lore and photos and stories, they talk about them transforming themselves into wolves and or wearing wolf skins as, you know, covers. There's a lot of photos that I saw that had skinwalkers as wolves. So just for some background, some customs believe that skinwalkers are produced or come to be when a medicine man abuses magic for evil wishes or essentially when they do something to disrupt the natural order of things and they disrupt the natural balance. So once this medicine man has now opened up themselves unwillingly to be um, sort of a vessel for evil, they become something called a scythe lord, which is an intense name. Yeah. Yeah. After this, they gain the power that kind of differs depending on which tribe um, you're taking the lore from. But essentially, they now command other beasts, and they have the ability to transform themselves into whatever animal they want. There are also some tribes that say that they can also possess people from their specific tribe, but not from other tribes. There's also another explanation in which it doesn't necessarily have to be a medicine man who transforms to, to a skinwalker. Um, it can be just a man, a woman, or child, or whoever, whoever decides to disrupt the balance of life by doing something extremely taboo. Now, this apparently is also similar to the Wendigo curse. This is like a whole portal, man. <laughs> oh, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I promise them almost. <laughs> this last theory here about the um, skinwalkers. There's one other explanation that sort of, I felt, follows more of like the Bible. However, this does come from some subset of the Navajo tribes. It says that these skinwalkers were once considered helpers of divine beings. So they were called the Nagloshi, um, and they were quote-unquote agents. So what they were supposed to do is come down to earth or work on behalf of the holy people on the earth in training humans as to how they should be. So once the humans were trained, they were supposed to return with the holy people 
so I guess out of the world that we currently live in and to another world somewhere else um, but for some reason a couple of them just could not leave for one reason or another and their disrupting the natural balance caused them to be damned <laughs> as being a quote-unquote malicious semi-divine being okay mm -hmm. that's it I'll be honest the whole concept of skinwalkers freaks me out more than anything else. I did something bad and I started looking up stories as like proof, <laughs> which was not a, no. it was not the right thing to do. No. That sounds so spooky. It, yeah. Um, They're very spooks. Okay, let's move on to Get my to <laughs> fun last one. Is it going to be bats? Oh, it is going to be bat bats. Heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> vampire bat which is obviously closely related to the vampire it's like in all the legends <laughs> vampires can turn into bats um and vampire bat in the name yeah it's in the name um so this legend was basically started because of dracula i don't know where bram stoker got it from but he was like dracula can turn into a bat and then <laughs> vampire bats are sorry the whole skinwalker thing freaked me out threw me i'm my sorry game. yes <laughs> so vampire bats are so called because they actually do drink blood they like feed on animals mostly livestock and occasionally humans if they can get their little teeth into it yikes yeah so that's fun i don't have as much information oh. as you do but that's all i got <laughs> okay would you ever hold a bat I would love to hold a bat. Me too. I really think that they're very cute. They're adorable. Yeah. Oh my goodness, they're like little puppies, but just, with wings. Yeah, flying rodents, and I love that. Oh. I have a rodent. She's a pokey rodent, though. <laughs> She's very little. A pokey roly ro rodent? Yeah, she's very roly. <laughs> Skinwalkers. I'm sorry. Okay, let's move on. Freaking great out, dude. I'm really sorry. I had to. I had to include them. <laughs> let's talk about some of the traits. Werewolves versus vampires. The traits of the verses? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't make sense, did it? But you get the point. <laughs> you understand what I was trying to say there. So, to talk about looks, um, vampires are either portrayed as unearthly beautiful, like so gorgeous, or they're grotesque. But they generally have fangs, sometimes glowing red eyes, or gold eyes if you're a twilight vampire um <laughs> and super pale skin because obviously they're undead also sometimes they sparkle but that's kind of irrelevant and comes from nowhere <laughs> thanks twilight <laughs> what do werewolves look like werewolves can kind of vary in their looks so do we want to talk first about werewolves in human form or werewolves in wolf form I don't know. Do they look like anything when they're in human form? So when they're in human form, depending on how far along they are in their lifespan as a werewolf, it's said that if they are not born as a werewolf, as time goes on, their human form will become more and more affected. So as a human, they're said to have a pretty defined widow's peak um, with a quite receding hairline along the sides. It's said that the bridge of their nose becomes pretty flattened, as if they don't really have a bridge of their nose, and they become pretty hairy. Their eyes can become more wide set, and they can their nails can become more claw-like. Excuse me, their fingers can be more claw-like as opposed to just hands and nails. Right. 
mental traits, they can also become much more aggressive and or violent as a human being. Okay. As a werewolf, (laughs) they essentially just look like a gigantic, very muscular wolf. Often said that they also have longer fur than a normal wolf. That's more like actual head of hair like hair as opposed to fur. I don't know if that makes sense, but picture just someone's scalp in place of fur. It's not going to look the same. Creepy. Yeah. I wonder if a werewolf, as their human form, if they get a haircut, I wonder if it translates onto their wolf form. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's why Jacob Black cut his hair in the other movies. Because, like, in the first movie, or in the second movie, or whatever, it was too long. So when he turned into a werewolf, he, like, tripped over it. Oh my goodness. That is brilliant logic. (laughs) (laughs) Vampires are kind of... Sometimes they can be, like, they can go into this, like, rage of bloodthirst. And then they can be a little bit more violent and aggressive like werewolves are. But generally, they're more composed and more, like, mature and elegant, I would say. Oh, is that so? (laughs) Oh. Well. (laughs) Yeah, they're very capable of controlling their their urges, unlike I think a wolf might be. You know what? I think that's a fantastic point that you just made. (laughs) I am going to rebuttal that, though, by saying that not all wolves are the same. I feel like now I've been threatened and I have to put this in here. <laughs> okay. So wolves that are born wolves have extreme control over their abilities. As in, they apparently don't have those urges. Um, like how when when werewolves that are made, are they, they, they go into a bit of a blind human hatred when they're in um, werewolf mode. Werewolves that are born that way don't have that problem they also aren't limited to only transforming under full moons or under moons or the cover of darkness they can easily flip in and out whenever they want to Uh, werewolves are supernatural um, and they do have extraordinary abilities such as a superior sense of sight smell and hearing they're also incredibly fast um, and very strong okay so the thing about vampires is that you can't really be born a vampire. You're not mm. born, you're created. So the only real way to become a vampire is either by getting bitten in some cases or in other versions of events, you can exchange blood with a vampire. Like a blood transfusion? No, like <laughs> um, you drink a vampire's blood. Oh. If you drink a vampire's blood, you can be turned into a vampire. I see. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. It might be, while you, when you first become a vampire, you might have a little bit of trouble controlling your urges. It might be a little bit harder for you because you're not used to this type of bloodlust. Vampires, as they age, they only get better at controlling their urges and their bloodlust. And so you have vampires that maybe might become quote-unquote vegetarians and choose to only feed on animals um, instead of humans. And that's just something that comes with I guess, a maturity that werewolves just don't have, I suppose. And to go off of your point... <laughs> um, to go off of your point that that werewolves have a superior sense of smell. <laughs> yes. They have superior senses, quote-unquote. Are vampires like land sharks? <laughs> they are so much more elegant than land sharks. <laughs> a vampire is so incredible they are like the peak (laughs) hunter they are like nature's perfect predator because (laughs) dang okay 
Okay, because they only hunt at night, so their eyesight is so incredibly superior to any humans. Because they need to be able to see in the dark. No, no questions at <laughs> the same question. But I have a question. Yes. Is that because they're not damaging their eyes with UV rays during the sun hours of the day? Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> they also get a lot of iron in their diet. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> um, they also are incredibly, incredibly... We're not going to get into powers yet. I guess I could talk about the senses and stuff and the powers, which I will. I'll get more into that later <laughs> when we talk about their crazy powers that they have. It's actually astonishing. You will, you will be mind blown. Okay. When we get to that, I actually do have a one power that I hope you mentioned that I'm going to rebuttal. Okay. I hope I do. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun fact about vampires. They are not lacking in fun facts. They are so full of fun facts. Which is just another great thing about them. <laughs> they can't actually be seen in mirrors in most legends. Oh, that's scary. So this is because, this is really, like, cool. And I think it's kind of similar to werewolves. Um, because werewolves have, like, a weakness to silver. Vampires can't be seen in mirrors because traditionally mirrors were backed with silver. And silver is seen as, like, a pure substance that so-called demonic creatures couldn't be interacting with oh that's actually cool yeah it's also could be because they have no souls and mirrors reflect souls but like we've talked about some vampires do have souls angel has a soul (laughs) and so does spike another fun fact about vampires i guess this could be seen as some sort of a weakness but i think of it more of as a fun fact they can't actually go into someone's home unless they are invited i will say that is very respectful Mm -hmm. don't come into my house if i don't invite you in I think certain supernatural creatures, because they have this sort of elevated level of intelligence and maturity. (laughs) And they're like so mature because they're ancient. Yeah. I get it. Yes. They have this sort of like code of honor. Fairies are the same way where you must behave a certain way as a guest in someone's home. I think vampires are the same way as that. I don't I don't think that werewolves have that, but I don't know. You know what? I always thought that um, once a vampire came into your home, that was their um, excuse to just go in and murder you. I don't know why. There were some children's shows that I saw that had that in them, but I'm sure that's just a lie. Yeah, dis- disregard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find a good joke because none okay. of them are great. I'm sorry. What is a vampire's favorite ice cream flavor? I don't know. It's vanilla. I would not have gotten that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best you could come up with. Well, here's another one. What do you call a vampire on sale? I don't know. A discount Dracula. What are jokes? <laughs> what even are jokes? Are they funny? Or are they just so surprising and <laughs> awful that you have to laugh? Mia, can I tell you a story that I may or may not keep in this podcast? Because it's embarrassing. Yes. Okay. When I was young... I had a weird fear of creatures of the night, such as werewolves and vampires. Really? For some reason. I don't know where this came from. I used to sleep with a silver spoon under my pillow in case I needed to yank it out and ward off some sort of evil creatures. Wow, that's very specific. It is specific. Okay. Um, When I first got my cat, my first cat was named Cool Cat. She would sleep in my room at night. And to keep me from being so concerned about all these creatures... My mom told me, because she loves to spin a tail, that, like, we have iron in our blood, cats have silver oh in their blood, <laughs> and thus, my cat would protect me from vampires and werewolves. Oh, I love that. When you think about it, it makes sense. It Why does make sense. they have silver? I mean, they have nine lives. 
Why? It's not that far-fetched to think that they have silver. Right? Why is it crazy that they have silver, but it's fine that we have iron? It made sense to me. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Oh my gosh. That was a really sweet story. As a child, I was always afraid of the boogeyman. The boogeyman oh and or the scary thing that happens with sleep paralysis. Oh no. <laughs> Moving right along now. I did want to say that in our talks, we did talk about wanting to know, you know, if these creatures were more evil killing machines or benign pacifists or human or creature. And I I think I might want to make the point that the, the question of whether they're more human or creature really doesn't apply in the situation, unlike yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it, actually. <laughs> That's my whole point. <laughs> you haven't made a point yet. <laughs> That's my point. The question whether they're more human or creature doesn't apply. Um, and that's why they're they're a little more superior. Because it's not a question of if they're this or this. Right. So, <laughs> vampires, I think, are superior because they are more human. They are able to, like, relate and understand humans in a way that I just don't think that werewolves could. Werewolves are literally human. Shut up. <laughs> I don't think that compares. And there's no reason why it doesn't. I just, I don't agree. I disagree. That's fair. You can choose to not agree with me. I disagree with your point and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think vampires have cooler powers than werewolves do. Oh, you do? do you? I do. So, like, not only are they super strong and super fast. Like, okay, so... A vampire, the strength of a vampire is equivalent to that of 10 people at their peak. I thought you were going to say of 10 werewolves. <laughs> You're like, can we fact check, please? <laughs> Hello. So because, that, because vampires are technically undead, they don't really have the physical limitations that humans do, right? They don't have to worry about the wear and tear on their bodies because mm. they're undead. So they're kind of able to tap into the adrenaline rush whenever they want to and gain the benefits of that. Hmm. They really are just incredible. Incredible. And mm-hmm. and like the heightened senses that they have. They have like superior taste, smell, hearing. And they can see better. Like they can see from miles away. They have the eyesight of basically like an eagle and the smell ability of like a shark or, you know, maybe like I don't know. A, a wolf. This makes them incredibly effective hunters. They might be the most effective predator in in all of creation. I don't know though. I mean, I do, but I'm sure you disagree. <laughs> there was a subtle um, hair flip behind the scenes. <laughs> Excellent points. Excellent points, really. So, um, you know, in comparison to the vampire, the werewolf also does have some incredible superhuman and superior um, traits to them, such as um, superhuman speed. So werewolves can actually run full speed at over 38,000 miles per hour. I'm sorry, can can we fact check that? I don't don't agree. Oh, it's literally on the first page of Google results? Yeah. Where did did they come up with that number? That's not even a real number. Do we even have that many kilometers on Earth? Is that a minor? Werewolf Wiki came up with the facts here, okay? (laughs) Werewolf Wiki, it sounds so reliable. You know what? There's actually, um, in regards to Twilight, because we love Twilight, (laughs) um... 
the werewolves depicted in there can actually run up to 100. Never mind. That's that's less. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. I thought it was 100,000 miles per hour. It's just 100. They can't run that. No, nothing can run that fast. They would die. They're superhuman. Well, the thing about werewolves, though, <laughs> is that they aren't immortal. So, like, vampires are immortal. Actually, fun fact. Werewolves can be immortal. Werewolves, this is my um, my big point that I was hoping you would say so that I could rebuttal it. <laughs> Let me actually pull up my notes here so I can tell you exactly what, um, what werewolves do that vampires don't. The um, superior senses include um, superior stamina, agility, um, in addition, strength and speed. They have an incredible sense of smell that really overtakes their need for superior sight. They can just sense everything by, by scent. Just like how a shark has an incredible sense of smell, they can smell one drop of blood from miles and miles away. Werewolves don't necessarily smell blood, but they can smell, um, prey. <laughs> you know what? To what? move on to your whole, they have better, they have good stamina. Vampires have really good stamina. Do they? Yeah, because they don't tire, ever. They could run for literally a hundred years and never tire. That sounds awful. It does to us, <laughs> but not to a vampire. You know, it would be nice to just be able to stay up all night and again, the next night and the night after. They don't sleep. Ever. Some of them do. I'm oh. really basing this heavily on Buffy and Twilight, which are very different like philosophies of vampires. See? There seems to be a lot of different, you know, they all probably stemmed from one general, like, vampire and werewolf. Mm -hmm. And then as the generations happen, it just got more and more convoluted. And it's like, they could do this, but some do this. Oh, and here's this too. Yeah. 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 Similarities. See? <laughs> um, some more fun facts about vampires' powers. Because mm -hmm. they have so many, it's actually crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, not only can they turn into a bat at will... But they are shapeshifters, just like werewolves. Sometimes they can turn into other sorts of animals, depending on the lore and the culture oh. behind this. Oh, depend. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. some some vampires can turn into other animals too. Specifically, oh, bats though. And bats. I don't know about you, but I kind of think bats are cooler than wolves. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a point you're trying to make right now. <laughs> vampires are also capable of hypnotizing their victims. Maybe because of their unearthly beauty that a, a vampire can actually, like, convince their victims to willingly give up their life for, like, this vampire that they've known for, like, two minutes. Alrighty, so if I remember correctly, I did hear you mention that werewolves aren't immortal. Um, that's actually incorrect information. They can be immortal, and they also have um, the ability to wall crawl, something that vampires don't have. I just got like weird shivers on my spine. What do you mean wall crawl? They can crawl on walls? Yeah. That's creepy. I honestly, just for whatever reason, all the way up until right now when I realized that it's really dumb to picture this, I just pictured a, a like werewolf just kind of doing this up a wall while being like this. Just up the wall. Not actually crawling up the wall on all fours. No. Just like with two, with like levitating up a wall. That's creepy. That's just what I pictured. Well, I'm, I don't know. I have not seen a werewolf in action. They're very elusive. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, that in some iterations of vampires, they can fly. That is cool. Isn't werewolves it? could fly, but they... <laughs> <laughs> don't 
tell me that they choose not to. <laughs> if they wanted to hard enough, I'm sure they could evolve with wings. No. <laughs> so this is one point that I think is really important to talk about. Werewolves do have the ability to heal. Um, and it's really spectacular. Now, I do know that vampires also have the ability to heal. but They do. Un- <laughs> Unlike vampires... Werewolves don't need to take the life force of something else in order to heal, which I just think is, it's just really, it's really important to say. I will say that sometimes vampires can't even be injured at all. You hit one with a knife and the knife shatters. It's remarkable, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's really astonishing. (laughs) I just, I just don't think that werewolves have the ability to actually repel harm in the way that vampires do. Well, I will say that werewolves, they do have a pretty good um, defense to attacks just because they're of their sheer brute strength. <laughs> I did also want to make one other point. You did mention earlier as well that vampires have the ability to um, have a, a really good sense of empathy and really understand humans. I believe you mentioned that, right? Well, yes, of course. Okay. I mean, they've been around for some of them like a millennia. Oh. The amount of human study that they could do in that time beyond their own basic understanding of human emotions from being a human for much of their lives. I mean, surrounded by humans. I mean, I've never, I've never seen such an inhuman display of human empathy. <laughs> inhuman display of human empathy. <laughs> yeah, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Okay, well, I would like to say that, I mean, I kind of think that you're not going to agree with this, and that's okay. But, so, you know how after a while, people change, right? So I would imagine that after a millennia, just for example, of being a non-human creature, they must start losing some of their human understanding. Whereas, a werewolf, natural-born werewolves will go right back into human form, existing as a normal human with dormant werewolf um with um with dormant werewolf genes. Just there in the background. But when you live with a secret that huge, can you ever really truly relate to another human? Can vampires truly relate? <laughs> yes. I will not elaborate. No further questions please, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do believe that it might be time to talk about some of the weaknesses. Which, (laughs) werewolves don't have many. Neither do vampires. I think that it's fair to give you a bit of a fighting chance and explain a little bit of the few that vampires do have. Vampires are demonic creatures, right? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We all know this. We all know this. Sometimes they don't have a soul. And this means that they can't really interact with holy things, such as holy ground, like a church. Or holy water. Obviously, if you spray some holy water on a on a vampire, it's going to hurt a bit. Crosses. If you wear a cross, you will protect yourself from being bitten by a vampire. So, certain holy objects can even harm a vampire by burning their skin. This is also mm. why sunlight is harmful to vampires, or sometimes they just don't like it a little bit. Sometimes it hurts their skin, and sometimes it lights them on fire. It depends on the vampire. Dang. Um, <laughs> Because the day is kind of supposed to represent the holy light, while the nighttime is supposed to represent the devil. So walking in the sun could, you know, burn them. 
a little bit, make their skin tingle, or it can make them burst into flames, or it can make them sparkle. Depends on the vampire. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? I think it's only fair that you tell me some of vamp- uh, werewolves' okay. weaknesses. Well, according to um, most traditional um, resources, they only have one silver. Specifically, silver bullets. There are some tales of um, certain eastern types of werewolves um, being susceptible to special treatments from medicine men um, or decapitation. Um, Well, decapitation will kill anything, including a vampire or a human. We can't really fight decapitation. (laughs) I'm sure if you light a vampire or a werewolf (laughs) on fire, it's gonna die. Or would it just transform into a human and then the flames would be gone? Because it would be stuck on its werewolf form. Because well, then when it turns back into a werewolf, it's still on fire. You know, I, I never really have understood. Is this a question of werewolves like traveling between dimensions? <laughs> okay, back to you. Really? Okay. All right, fine. We'll talk about it. If you stab a vampire with a stake, yes, it's going to have some negative consequences <laughs> for the vampire. It might explode into ash. Oh, that sounds that sounds pretty severe. It could happen. <laughs> Only if you get it exactly right in their heart, though. And I'm sure that stabbing a werewolf with a stake would also have some negative consequences. Okay. I um I haven't read any reports in which a werewolf will just evaporate into ashes. Well, but see, that's because they just like don't mention it. <laughs> That's because the media is... <laughs> the media is very pro-werewolf, anti-vampire. <laughs> I will say that one of the fun facts about vampires being stabbed by stakes is that they need to have be stabbed by a certain type of wood in order for this to work. If you stab one with, like, an ordinary piece of Ikea furniture, it's not going <laughs> to hurt it. Unlike, I'm sure it would hurt a werewolf. I don't know, though. It has to be made of aspen. This is what the cross is said to have been made of. So it's a holy object, right? Or hawthorn and ash because they are considered spiritually significant. So there's only really a few types of wood that can harm a vampire. I would like to just chime in there and say that it's a little bit easier to get wood than it is to get silver. That's all I have to say. I have silver in my silverware drawer. Do I? Is that Do you have silver? pure silver? It's enough silver to hurt a... So, so are cats... Throw a cat at a werewolf, see what they do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, a werewolf is said to not hurt animals. So the cat would probably be unharmed. Unlike a vampire, which I might not be able to say the same. I'm just going to ignore that. There's no... Okay. There's no evidence to back that up. (laughs) No evidence. (laughs) One interesting weakness that vampires have which kind of comes out of left field. And I just want you all, all of you listeners out there to know, just in case you're a little bit worried about vampires now, because they are nature's perfect killing machine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Shove that one in there. I don't know if I'm trying to, like, humanize them or, like, make them into, like, a huge predator. I don't know which one's better, but I keep going back and forth, so maybe they'll even out. Um, (laughs) If you're worried about vampires... Just carry around a little bit of garlic with you. They are repelled by garlic. So this could either be because the smell of garlic covers up the smell of blood, or it could come from the idea that certain diseases that could be mistaken for vampirism can cause a sensitivity to certain foods, strong foods like garlic. Interesting. So it might not even be a weakness, but 
If you're feeling a little bit concerned and you want a little bit of extra protection, throw on a garlic thing. Garlic ring? Garlic necklace. No. What is um, a string of garlic called? Garlic garland. Garland. <laughs> a garlic end. Okay, this is fun. Uh, or just, you know what? I've also heard that honey and garlic is a great mixture. Honey and garlic? Honey garlic. Well, but, but garlic drizzled with honey. That's disgusting. It doesn't sound very good, I know. No. Okay, I'm going to interrupt now. I should interrupt with a joke, but I'm going to say my piece first, and then I'll bring a joke in. Some people have said, and this is not really confirmed, this is just sort of alleged, no werewolves have come forward yet to confirm or d- deny this. Um, this piece of information here that I'm about to tell you. <laughs> um, some people say that the full moon in less mature werewolves, um, the newer ones that aren't born werewolves, this could evoke an irresistible need to transform into a werewolf. It's been said that this could be painful, but also put them in an extremely heightened sense. Um, So I don't know, like you said before, I don't know if this is really a weakness or a power, but it's out there. I think it's a weakness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do you call a sleeping werewolf? I don't know. An unaware wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Ha. Um, so should we talk about some proof? Yeah. In 1725, there was a Serbian man named Peter Blagovich. I'm sorry if I said that wrong, which I absolutely did. So he passed away in a small village, and nine other people passed away in the week after his death, and they all claimed that Peter had actually shown up during the night and attacked them. There's also reports that he came back and asked his son for food, and when his son refused, Peter killed him by drinking his blood. Well, that's scary. I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is kind of like the first recorded vampire event because when the villagers dug up his grave and found his body to be in good condition, there was actually blood around his mouth like he had attacked someone. So they actually staked and burned him and then the attack stopped. Well, that's unnerving. It's spooky, right? A little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. So... (laughs) Um, I'm going to take you into the 18th century. So in a French province, I don't know what it's called. Gévaudan? Gévaudan? Gévaudan. What? Are you talking about the Beast of Gévaudan? Yeah. I saw there's an Astonishing Legends about it, which is a podcast show. It's so good. They go into so much detail. So it's um, the Beast of Gévaudan? 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 I don't know. (laughs) G-E-V-A-U-D-A-N. Chevoudan. Chevoudan. Okay, so this story that I have goes as there was a beast that was once spotted by a woman who was outside tending to their cattle. Their location was by a forest and the time of year was June. So of her cattle, she had um, some bulls and it goes that the bulls managed to scare off this beast Um, But not too long after it ran away from this woman, it ended up attacking and murdering a young girl. The story continues that over the next months, there were more attacks and um, more sightings. So reportedly, there was a total of 210 attacks 
and 113 of those were fatal. So the people who either saw the beast or lived to tell the tale um, described it as being a very large wolf with a very odd red fur that had black streaks in it. And um, King Louis XV, he declared that the French state would officially help and rid this land of the beast. So the um, story continues that there were some appointed hunters, Jean-Charles, Marc-Antoine, Vomesle de Neval, and his son Jean-Francois, um, but they all were not able to rid this, this land of this creature. They finally got someone to go out there and kill what they thought was the beast. They actually failed. We're not sure if they said that they killed the beast and they didn't, or if they just mistook three larger wolves as this great beast. So eventually in 1967, so it's now two years that have gone by, a local hunter um, whose name was Jean Chastel ended up shooting um, this wolf. And after that, for some reason, the attack stopped. So people believe that this was the, uh, the beast. Is that is yeah. that correct? Okay. I love this story. Because <laughs> this actually happened. Like, there's reports of it happening. But, like, the attacks from this creature were so brutal. And I remember seeing somewhere that they... That this creature, like, generally only attacked um, weaker people. Because mm-hmm. they, like, displayed an intelligence level that just wasn't natural in a normal wolf. So, in my research, I did try and compare wolves and werewolves. The idea is, like... Wolves are, if you're thinking of the topic of wolves don't have the ability of free will, they act in certain categories, whereas um, they're being the predator, they're being the prey, they're protecting, or they're um, hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And depending on which section of life they need to be in, or excuse me, which section of reaction they need to be in, their um, steps will be altered more to that right so if they're um the one where they're displaying more predatory vibes vibes <laughs> that was just what came to me okay predatory behavior will make them pick off the ones that they deem are more weak i also remember seeing somewhere that some people thought that it could be like a hybrid of like a few different creatures like some royal had brought over like a wolf with like a tiger or something oh my goodness yeah which would like make this creature kind of go on a rampage because it's not supposed to really exist in the mm-hmm. natural world. Did you have another story? I have a couple more. Okay. So in the late 1800s, this is I think the most recent story of somebody being accused as a vampire legitimately. Quite a few members of the Brown family passed away to tuberculosis. They lived in Rhode Island. There was Mary, which I think was a mother, and I think there was an older sister, then there was Mercy, who passed away in, 19, in 1892, mm. and her brother Edwin was also sick. So the villagers became suspicious because there was a, there was a local suspicion that if multiple members and family died in such a way that there was some sort of supernatural goings-on that was needed to be put to an end. So the villagers became suspicious that one of the family members was a vampire, so they ended up digging up all the graves. I think I know this story. Really? I think so. Did they eat? No. Oh. Okay. Oh, wait, kinda. I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so 
the the mother and the older sister had kind of decomposed to like a suitable extent that the villagers were like okay i guess they're not spooky but mercy hadn't really decomposed so they decided that she was the cause of everything so the reason that she could have maybe not decomposed as much was because i think she died in or passed away in a colder time of year so her body was kept in a different state that than other people i'm trying to say this in a way that isn't disgusting <laughs> so when they decided that mercy was the cause of the family's troubles and their sickness they removed her heart they burned it and then they did feed the ashes to edwin her brother mm -hmm. in order to make him not be sick anymore and surprise surprise that didn't work and he ended up passing away two months later i was gonna say <laughs> yeah okay that was, I think, the most recent true case of vampirism. True, quote unquote. <laughs> Let's be honest, vampires are so elegant nowadays that they would not be caught. No. No. Much like Sasquatches. <laughs> <laughs> I won't argue with that one. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, my next story is, um, it's not really proof, I guess. It kind of works against me, but... I thought that it was important to add because it was so interesting. There is a medical condition called Lycian syndrome. Okay. In which a human really believes that they are um, a werewolf. In the 15th century, in Germany, there was a farmer named Peter Stube? Stube? S-T-U-B-B-E. Sorry, Peter. So he's considered to be the most notorious werewolf of all of them. So according to the story, he himself said that he at night turned into a wolf-like creature and quote-unquote devoured many citizens of Bedburg. So I, I guess what happened is a number of people had been very gruesomely attacked and murdered and a hunter who was on guard because by this time everyone was really on guard a hunter claimed that they saw him quote-unquote shape shift from a wolf to a human following this he kind of underwent like the witch trials um so they persecuted peter to the extreme to try and get the truth out and during this persecution is when he admitted that he was a werewolf okay mm -hmm. oh he actually did also say that how he was able to transform was um, with an enchanted belt. So he was not a natural born wolf. He was a, a more of a werewolf sorcerer right, with okay. the belt. Interesting. Mm. So he did his research if he was faking it. He probably created okay. <laughs> most of the research that's out today. <laughs> mm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Weird. There's a number of people who claim to be werewolves with their killing sprees, but he reportedly was the most notorious due to his numbers and style. Ooh, gross. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have one more. Okay. So, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right. Elizabeth Battery? I think that's how you say it. Okay. She was a Hungarian noblewoman who was also a serial killer. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So she is thought to have killed hundreds, like hundreds of young girls and oh. young women. So these girls were generally poorer villagers. So they would be invited to come and work at the castle or um, almost like learn the ways of being a lady at the castle. Hmm. And then they would never be seen again. 
Oh dear. So we could do a whole podcast episode on her, to be honest. But the basics are, I'm not going to get into it because it's brutal. Mm. There, I've tried listening to a podcast about it and I had to fast forward a lot of times. Oh no, okay. Because um, she would actually torture them in various ways and methods before she killed them. But the reason that she is considered a case of a vampire is because she would apparently bathe in their blood. Oh no. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Yeah. To keep herself young. Another reason why some people might think vampire is because even though she passed away in 1614, we don't really know where her body is buried. Ooh. So, I don't know. If she's a true vampire, she could be out there. She could still be walking around today. I hope not. That's not a nice thing to think about. Okay, so, um, okay, well, can I interrupt them with a hot take? Okay. Okay, so I wanted to have this controversial take because why not? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, I was thinking, so you know how people believe in evolution? Yeah. Right? So if you believe in evolution, I was thinking that you must believe that climate change is also a thing that exists because the whole purpose of evolution, right, is there was a need, which is why things evolved. Right. So because we evolved out of need, as I just said, so if you believe that and we know that climate change is happening right now because the ice is melting and waters are warming and corals are dying, that's awful. So with all of that being said... We know that climate change is happening right now. Why is it not likely in this case that more evolutions aren't happening? If there's a need for it, because things are obviously changing at a rapid pace, why aren't there more evolutions? Such as, why could there not be a brilliant wolf-human hybrid? Or a bat-human hybrid? Or a spider-human hybrid? Spider-Man, Spider-Man does what I can spider <laughs> Why could these things not exist, according to the theories? Why not? That was a hot take. Because evolution is a thing. This, Like, werewolves and vampires could just be the next stage of human evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, in conclusion, vampires are way cooler. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why there's so many books and movies about them. Who has ever, like, seen a book or a movie about werewolves? Don't answer that. We're going to move on. <laughs> Werewolves are just glorified dogs. Let's be honest. What's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Never mind. Fair point. (laughs) Vampires are still cooler. Vampires, I will give you, vampires are very cool. Mm -hmm. I think that werewolves are a little more cool. I'm a little maybe biased because of Jacob, but if Jacob had the um, incredible old age in the movie that Edward did and like creepy watching you while you sleep okay well if we're gonna take like the one example of like werewolf heartthrob then we gotta like compare it to the epitome of vampire heartthrob which would obviously be spike from buffy don't even like (laughs) talk about edward we don't need to talk about edward (laughs) spike from buffy that's all i'm gonna say okay enough said enough said (laughs) so I don't think we're going to reach a conclusion. I don't think we're going to sway each other either way. We've done good, though. Yeah. We've done good. I think we've both made our points come across. And I hope that you listeners out there look deep within yourselves and decide whether you are truly team werewolf or team vampire.
Yes. And I hope you make the right decision. And that's all I'm going to say. You think very hard about this decision. It's very important. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how can I... How have I not done, like, a vampire accent this entire time? Thank you for that, because I don't know how. Shout out to Mia, the real MVP of this entire podcast. The real traitor. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... This has been a pleasure. It has. I hope that you enjoyed this... This, like, different type of vibe that we did for this podcast, a special spooky episode. And we will be coming at you in the future with more monster mashups. Absolutely. Um, We also, we may be taking a short break between this episode and next episode. We are going to be doing some intense research for our next podcast. Instead of, like, a three-week break in between podcasts which <laughs> tends to be our regular routine it might be a four-week break maybe even five uh yeah but um, we will be back. We'll be back don't worry we're coming back anyways i'm gonna bring it back down to spooky town <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of weird things and wine we hope you enjoyed this spooky episode this extra special episode on werewolves versus vampires. Vampires versus werewolves. Thank you. I think that we have reached an agreement here tonight, and I love that for us. Did you house. just? Did you just psychology me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smart enough or sober enough to psychology you. If you would like, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. We'll be waiting. <laughs> Um, and check out our website at weirdthingsandwine.com. Send us an email at weirdthingsandwine at gmail.com. Also, if you want, no pressure. <laughs> no, I was going to make it spooky, but I can't. Yeah, how can we make it spooky? Don't look under the bed, but please <laughs> rate and review us. <laughs> it's really spooktacular. Okay, we will be waiting for 10 out of 10 spooks. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening and as always stay weird drink wine cheers Cheers. stick around for some bloopers and outtakes the bloopers are gonna be extraordinary (laughs) welcome to this train wreck of a podcast This is Spook Test 1. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be able to make my voice do that. I'm a lot more squeaky than you are. This is Spook Test 1. <laughs> okay, we are very spooky. Oh, shoot, that it? actually sounded great. Yeah. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> I don't like plastic bottles, but this was all that I could grab on my way out. Okay. I have, like, glasses. Well, I don't have glasses. I actually don't have water glasses. I do have mugs. <laughs> a mug full of water would that be better or worse this is okay it's fine it would be worse i see okay (laughs) should i call this werewolves versus vampires or vampires versus werewolves i feel like vampires were vampires versus werewolves sounds better okay i also get to go first so i'm okay with that okay (laughs) (laughs) it's actually astonishing if you've ever seen it in action yeah. <laughs> I know a wolf can't relate to, but <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> I kind of live for this.
I'm losing the argument. Let me attack your character. <laughs> you know, like how a, a tracking hound can can know exactly where someone is. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay, I really want to make this point. This is not in my notes. I'm like totally off-roading, but I want to do it. <laughs> so. Holy water. Holy water. Yes. Yes, just sneeze on it and then someone will say bless you and then <laughs> the water is now holy. <laughs>